Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Money Girl Podcast. My name is Laura Adams. I'm a personal finance expert and award-winning author based in Austin, Texas. If you're ready for more knowledge, resources, and motivation to manage your money the best way possible, you're in the right place. My goal for every episode is to leave you with practical tips and tactics that you can use right away to take control of your finances and create a richer life. I get a lot of questions from readers and podcast listeners, and I answer as many as I can, both on the show and off the show. When I see common themes, I really enjoy lumping the questions together for a Q&A show, which is what I have planned for you today. I recently got several questions related to investing. Few of us are taught the ins and outs of investing in school or at home. So it's no wonder that knowing where and how to invest can be really confusing and maybe even a little scary. But it's such an important topic that I really want you to gain more clarity and confidence around it because growing your money is the solution to having more financial security and peace of mind. And I've never met anyone who doesn't want more of that. In this show, I'll answer three questions from listeners about setting financial priorities boosting retirement savings, and whether it's a good idea to use what are called robo-advisors or robo-investors to make more money. As always, to see the notes from this episode, go to the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. You'll see a section called Money Girl's Recent Tips. Look for episode number 481 called Investing Q&A, Smart Tips to Make More Money. Okay, let's get right into investing question number one. This one comes from Wendy M., who says, My husband is in his third year of medical school, and we have taken out a total of $60,000 in student loans. It's our only debt besides a mortgage and a loan we took out for the house down payment from our parents. I have a job, and we have just enough savings to pay his tuition and school expenses for next year. Or... Should we take an additional fifteen or 20000 in student loans if that would allow us to maintain savings and contribute to our IRAs? Wendy, thanks so much for this great question. If you're a student or are considering going back to school, you'll probably need to finance some amount of your education, depending on the degree you want and the school that you want to attend. 
I'm a big believer that paying for education is an investment in your future that will pay off. Studies have shown that despite the increasing cost of college and graduate school, the lifetime financial benefit of higher education has never been more valuable. Having a bachelor's degree is worth almost a million dollars more in lifetime earnings on average when compared to only having a high school diploma. Getting a master's is worth an average of 1.3 million more. And if you're like Wendy's husband and go for a professional or doctoral degree, you'll earn $3 million more than if you didn't continue your education after high school. In other words, making an investment in your own education pays off for the average person. And besides the financial benefits of more education, It can be exciting and personally rewarding to study a subject that you love. You'll meet like-minded students, gain more confidence, and have experiences to draw from for the rest of your life. No matter your professional or personal motivation for getting more education, make sure that you can complete the program on time and justify the price. Taking on too much student loan debt can hurt you, but the right amount can open career doors that make it painless to pay off. It could take years to see your income grow substantially after getting additional education. Until then, you may feel stretched thin to pay student loans, bills, and invest for the future. Wendy and her husband are in an excellent financial position because they have what I call good debt instead of bad debt. Good debt allows you to build wealth by earning more or owning an asset that grows in value. Bad debt, on the other hand, like credit cards and payday loans, typically leave you with less wealth. Taking a reasonable amount of student loan debt to earn a medical degree will pay off in higher lifetime earnings. Having an affordable mortgage, especially on a property that appreciates in value over time, is also a wise investment. Student loans and mortgages also go in the good debt category because their interest rates are relatively low. In addition, some amount of interest that you pay on both of these types of loans is tax deductible, which makes them cost even less. In contrast, interest rates on bad debts, like credit cards, they're high and they don't come with any tax advantages. Since Wendy and her husband don't have any bad debt straining their finances, I'd recommend that they go ahead and pay for medical school with an additional student loan instead of draining their savings. Taking away that financial safety net before medical school starts paying off would be too risky, in my opinion. For instance, if Wendy lost her job or they had a large unexpected expense, that could throw their finances into a tailspin. Maintaining their savings in the event of an emergency gives them stability. That's why having cash reserves should be a fundamental part of your financial strategy as well. An added advantage of not being cash-strapped that Wendy mentioned is the ability to continue investing for retirement. It's wise to continue making contributions to an IRA or a workplace retirement plan even while you're paying down debt. If you wait to be debt-free to start investing, you might never get started. You're certain to lose precious time that your investments could be growing. Not getting started investing early is the biggest financial mistake you could make. So please maintain the habit of investing, even small amounts, at the same time that you pay off debt. 
I offer lots of detailed advice about managing debt in my book, Money Girl Smart Moves to Grow Rich. And an important point that I cover is that your first financial priority should always be to pay off dangerous debts. So these are things like delinquent taxes, overdue child support, or a judgment from a collections agency. If you've got any of those types of what I call dangerous debts, it does make sense to pause your retirement savings until you get those serious bad debts under control. To sum up, I'd encourage Wendy and her husband to take out additional student loans in reasonable amounts to get through medical school while preserving their emergency savings and contributing to retirement accounts. And if you want more information about how to prioritize debt, I did a podcast called A Blueprint to Prioritize Your Personal Finances. That might help. That was podcast number 414. And by the way, when you're looking for older podcasts that I mentioned that are not still in the iTunes feed or any other podcast aggregator feed that you might be using, go to the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. When you're there, Go about halfway down the page, you'll see a section that says Money Girls Archives. That's where you can stream all of the shows. There are over 480 shows right now, so a lot to choose from there. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now, save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at StearnsAndFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. Hey there, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, Freakonomics Radio. Every week, host and best-selling author Stephen Dubner dives into the hidden side of business, economics, and so much more. He interviews CEOs, historians, and Nobel laureates to explore all kinds of topics, like why the best employees can make the worst bosses and how whales went from being economic engines to environmental icons. If you're a curious person looking to better understand the world around you, you'll find everything you're looking for on Freakonomics Radio. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, back to investing question. Here's number two. Ray G says, I'm interested in using a robo-investment service like Wealthfront or Betterment. I've read good things about both, but would love your thoughts on the value of using a robo-investment firm over a traditional firm. Thanks, Ray. This is a great question as robo-firms become really popular. If you're not familiar with this term robo-advisor, it's simply an online investment service that uses software to automate the allocation of your money into different funds. And how they do this is by asking you questions about your risk tolerance, the amount you have in savings, and your time horizon for spending your invested money. So typically, this is just like an online form that you fill out. And then depending on your answers, they put your funds into investments for the best growth. Robo-firms may also have licensed brokers who can give you advice. However, Most are technology companies that automate the creation and rebalancing of your portfolio and operate mainly in the digital space. Dozens of innovative online platforms and smartphone apps have sprung up to make investing more simple, convenient, and an integral part of daily life. Some of the most popular include Betterment, Acorns, Motif, 
future advisor, and personal capital. And of course, I'll have links to these resources in the notes for the show on the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. The major benefits of using robo-advisors are low fees and low account minimums. They charge a fraction of the cost of traditional firms, and most also give you an elegant and stripped-down user interface that makes creating accounts, setting goals, and monitoring your progress a real joy. Many offer both taxable and tax-advantaged retirement accounts, such as an IRA, Roth IRA, and SEP IRA. I've been a fan and a customer of Betterment since they started almost a decade ago, but I also use traditional investment firms. If you have a retirement plan at work, like a 401k, 403b, or a 457 plan, that is the first place I recommend you invest. Now, if you don't have one of these plans at work, or maybe you're self-employed, using a robo-advisor is the perfect way to create a simple investing portfolio. Traditional firms may offer a wider selection of investment options. But in general, robo-firms offer plenty of mutual funds and exchange-traded funds to choose from. They operate on the idea that you're more concerned about reaching your goals than you are about digging into the details of specific investments and discussing them with an advisor. However, a robo-firm may not be for you if you have a high net worth, Maybe you have a complicated tax situation, or you're getting close to retirement. You may find that you want more personalized advice in some situations. And using a financial advisor can be an incredibly valuable way to get the guidance you need if you have any questions or a complex situation. They can give you customized recommendations about long-term life decisions, like putting a child through college, estate planning, and having enough of the right kinds of insurance. And as I mentioned, not all robo-advisors remove the human element completely, so getting more help may still be an option with some of them. So I think that both robo and traditional firms are really valuable. You should choose a firm that you feel comfortable using and that helps you get questions answered when and if you need it. The crucial aspect to being a successful investor is simple get started as early as possible, and automate it. There really is no magic to investing other than starting early. Have monthly payments set up to transfer from your checking account into one or more investment accounts. No matter how much or how little you earn, if you consistently put away 10 to 15% of your gross income, you can build impressive wealth over time, no matter what investing firm you go through. Making regular investment contributions is more important than the company you choose. So don't get caught up and and sort of get frozen in that choice. Don't forget that you can always change firms. You can have multiple firms like I do, but you can't make up for lost time that you neglected to set money aside and have it grow. So get started now. Ray, I hope this helps you choose the right firm. And thanks so much for sending in the question. Okay, our last question, number three, comes from an anonymous podcast listener who says, I have a six-month emergency fund and max out both my workplace retirement plan and an IRA. What do you think about signing up for a high-deductible health plan at work and using an HSA to save more money for retirement? 
If you're a regular listener, you know that I'm a big fan of using a health savings account or HSA to cut taxes and save more money for retirement. The trick to using one is that you must first be enrolled in a high deductible health plan. So if that's the case and you qualify for an HSA, you can get them at many banks, credit unions, brokerages, and specialty institutions like hsabank.com. That's actually where I have my HSA right now. Most of these accounts are really convenient to use. They offer paper checks, a debit card, and online banking. The contributions you make to an HSA are tax-deductible up to the annual limit, which I'll cover in a moment. That means you reduce your taxable income and the amount of tax you have to pay by simply funding the account. Additionally, any earnings in the account that you may have grow tax-free. You can make tax-deductible contributions at any time, even up to April 15 for the previous tax year, but you're never required to make any contributions to an HSA. Just like with a retirement account, you should never put money in an HSA that you might need for everyday expenses. That's because you can only use funds in an HSA to pay for current or future qualified unreimbursed medical expenses. Otherwise, withdrawals are subject to a pretty hefty 20% penalty. When you pay for qualified medical, dental, and vision expenses on a pre-tax basis for you or your family, that's like getting a 20 or 30% discount on your medical care, depending on your tax rate. Plus, a little-known benefit of an HSA is that you can use it to boost your retirement savings. After your 65th birthday, you're allowed to take distributions to spend any way you like, even on non-medical expenses. So after you retire, the HSA rules allow you to tap that account for any reason without having to pay a penalty. For 2017, you can contribute up to $3,400 or up to $4,400 if you're age 55 or older. That's if you have an individual plan. If you have a family plan, so that's if you're on the plan and you have another family member, like a spouse or a child, you can contribute up to $6,750 or $7,750 if you're 55 or older. What's great about an HSA is that you own the account as an individual and you control it completely, even when you get your health plan through an employer. You don't need permission from an employer or the IRS to set up an HSA, and it stays with you even if you change jobs or become unemployed. There's never a deadline to spend your HSA money. Funds can stay in the account indefinitely and penalty-free until you want to use them, even if you change your insurance company, become uninsured, or are unemployed. Even though these are really great benefits— Remember that a high-deductible health plan isn't the right choice for everyone. They work best when you're in relatively good health and you're not likely to spend the full deductible each year. If you can afford paying the higher deductible, having an HSA can help you build up savings to pay medical bills or to accumulate an additional nest egg to spend after age 65, especially if you're already maxing out a retirement account like the anonymous listener who asked the question. And if you want to learn a little bit more about using an HSA, take a listen to podcast number 391, 
called How to Save Money on Healthcare with an HSA. And let me give you a few other resources. If you're looking to learn a little bit more about investing, I'd recommend podcast number 420 called Are You Making Investing Too Complicated? Show number 430 is called Investing Tips for College Students and Baby Boomers Plus Everyone in Between. And show number 445 is The Best Strategies to Invest Your Money Wisely. And maybe you have a money question or a money dilemma. A great way to keep the money conversation going with a terrific community is to join my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. To request your invitation, it's super easy. Just visit Dominate Your Dollars on Facebook or send me a text message for immediate access. Just text DOLLARS to the number 33444. I hope to see you in the group. And you can also reach me directly through my contact page at lauradadams.com. If you're enjoying the show and getting value, be sure to share it and subscribe for free so you get every episode the moment it's released. If you're a new listener or one who's been in the Money Girl community for a while and you haven't rated and reviewed the show yet, I would really, really appreciate you taking a minute to submit a short five-star review on iTunes. I read all the reviews. They mean so, so much to me. I love getting your feedback. Plus, those reviews help us stay visible in iTunes, and it helps new listeners find us and understand what the show is about so they can get the help they need to improve their financial life. Thanks in advance for doing that. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week, courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. 